Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with John Seidel, who is a storyteller and author. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and thank you for tuning in to another episode for longtime listeners. It is so great to have you, and thanks for your continued support as well. You know, I ever so often, ever so often, I, I hear you know messages, get messages, get um, emails, texts, calls from from listeners, and I'm I'm encouraged by how these messages are impacting your life. So please continue in that support and encouragement. Another way you can support and encourage this podcast is by leaving a rating and review. It really helps to get this this message, um, the gospel message to encourage others, to, to get others thinking um, about how this impacts their life and, and, changes, and changes their life. And so I pray and trust that um, this me- that this message and these messages are impacting yours. If you'd like to leave a rating review, another way is to share um, with a friend, a few friends, or posting, you know, maybe taking a screenshot, posting and sharing. A few great ways to support and encourage um, this podcast. Today's conversation, I speak with John Seidel, who is a storyteller and author, and I'm excited. This is a this is a really fun episode. It touches home personally. We have a lot of similarities in some of our you know our upbringings and experiences and. For those listening, you, you know, you can all think through some people in your life who, you know, share, whether you know them personally or indirectly, you can share and you can resonate with an experience um, and that it touches home. And so, um, you know, as I get excited, um, I trust that this message will, you know, will impact you in a particular way. We discuss what it looked like growing up in Wisconsin and then moving to New York City, moving to Texas and just kind of how the different environmental changes in John's life, you know, were part of this picture. Were part of the 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 challenge and anxiety, and and then for him also getting diagnosed with OCD in 2012 as well. And he really unpacks this experience and what happens, and um, yeah, how to how to how to understand that God is is good and seeks the good in us, and that he seeks glory as well and so how we can give give and and honor god in glory um, which doesn't always make sense um, especially when we're in a place of pain and suffering in our lives or you know to to look in some uh, into the gospel and into the new testament the thorn in the flesh and so we really break down we think about physical and spiritual um understanding of of anxiety and, and ocd for john's case in and what that looks like practically, and so we we dig into some of the scriptures and how you know starting in Job, and uh, going into Romans, and we don't quite get to Revelation, but um, you know the, the the message of the gospel is one of hope, where there is um there is a day that you know we'll have a glorious banquet. There'll be there'll be joy. There'll be feasting, and so I hope that there's moments that we can kind of glimpse into into that. Um, and I think you'll be encouraged in this message as well. So without further ado, here is my conversation with John. 
John, thanks so much for joining me and the guys like us here. I am so excited to be here. Thank you, Tyler. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's it's my pleasure. And so we were um, we were kind of catching up a few minutes before, and you know, I got so excited because of uh, our, our origins. And so I, yeah. I wanted to keep going, but I'm like, you know what? Maybe we should get this. Maybe the listeners need to hear this good yeah. this good Wisconsin talk. And I know, so, right? I mean, it depends. You know, my wife <laughs> always makes fun of me because um, when I talk to like most of my family is still in Wisconsin. Yeah, so yeah. I'm down in Dallas now. My my Wisconsin family makes fun of me because they're like, you you lost your Wisconsin accent. Yeah. And then my wife, though, she's like, when you talk to people on the phone from Wisconsin, it comes out. So I have a feeling yep. that by, by the end of this podcast, it's going to just sound like this. You know, hey, guys, welcome. <laughs> I'm so I am so happy so, to be on the podcast. Oh, sure. Went up north for a fish fry and uh, oh, the schmelt. Oh, yeah. The schmelt. Oh, yeah. The, 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 yeah. The chain of lakes there and uh, went up to Fond du Lac and Fondy. Fondy. Oh, man. Well, it's funny because we are we're kind of both, you know, we're, we're I'm not from I mean, I grew up in Wisconsin for a little bit, but then have been in the north in, in Boston area. So I don't know. I, we'll see. We'll see what happens by the end. You know, no promises, yeah, I though. I, no I prom still hear it in your voice a little bit. So that, okay. that's good. That's good. Okay. Um, well, yeah, well, just, well, Hey, just to kind of get things going, tell me a little bit about your childhood in Wisconsin. Now, obviously you're, you made a, made the move down South, but just kind of what your, uh, what your, yeah, what, what things were like for you and your family and, and faith. And, um, what, then we can kind of shift into a little bit more about your book as well. So as well as some of these other, you know, other things that you've been writing on and, and anxiety and OCD and just how kind of mental health was part of your, your childhood as well. Yeah. So it's hard to talk about my childhood without those you know right. um right. but i grew up in wisconsin manitowoc which is about 30 minutes uh or so south of green bay on lake michigan yep yep and um my whole family is basically still there uh, yeah. i'm the only one that has flew, flown the coop oh man um, yeah so I, yep. I grew up in wisconsin i Went to college in New York City, so I've spent uh, plenty mm -hmm. of years on the East Coast and then lived there afterwards. So I spent about a total of seven years on the East Coast in New okay. York City, okay. um, which is where I met my wife. Yeah. And um, then from there, we moved to Denver for a year. She finished up school, and um, sure. that's when we moved back to New York City Got after it. that. And then from there, we moved down to Dallas. My, my wife is from Texas. She okay. is from the Houston area. And all of her family, though, ended up in the Dallas area. And so my company offered me a transfer down to Dallas, and we knew we did not want to raise kids in New York City. Um, had seen no. plenty of friends who tried that, and it's just, ugh, no. So yeah. when they offered me a transfer down here, I was like, yes, absolutely. Please. And so we've been down here since 2012. And, okay. And I just, you know, it's it's funny. Like, I... I don't ever see myself moving back to Wisconsin. And part of that is actually because of mental health, right? I mean, as you know, it is it is cold and dreary and overcast for nine months out of the year, right? And the snow and the, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I realized actually once I got out of, um, of Wisconsin, like how much just the environment kind of uh, played yeah. a role in my mental health. And so I still love it, still love going back. Yeah. I still, you know... Uh, I still wear all my Wisconsin and Packers gear and love visiting in the summer, but I, you just yeah. don't really going to catch me there in the winter much. <laughs> no. Wow. Yeah. It, it, that's actually really interesting. I, I, there's, there's always like that one statistic of like how depressing Seattle can get because of its, 
the rain mm-hmm. and the, just, yeah. And the, the coldness. Um, and now that you're like, you know, what? it's the same in Wisconsin. It's a it's lot. It's the same. It's the same. Yeah, and it really is. Even Boston, New York too. I mean, it doesn't get mm-hmm. quite as unbearable as like a Wisconsin, Minnesota winter is like, mm-hmm. I mean, basically I'm thinking like, all of Canada. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's dark at 4.30. For our Canadian there. listeners. Yeah, for our Canadian listeners, you know, for those out there, um, who, uh, apologies, but it is, it gets cold. Yeah, so it does. I, we'd have it to, does. we'd have to talk about how you, uh, what you do for entertainment and, yeah, yeah. and such. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I never got into ice fishing. It was something that I was oh, that's always right. like, yeah. I just can't like. I've tried it twice. I'm like, I literally just go out on the ice. I drill a hole. I just kind of, you know, yeah, torque yeah. a, a little line. And, and the whole point is just trying to stay warm. And I'm like, I just, you know, I mean, right. I know I got a little bit more insulation than the next guy, but I'm still cold out there. Oh, you yeah. Know? yeah. I'm just like, mm, can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah, I mean, so these, these, these people in Wisconsin, they just go out there and they're, they just have a, have some sausages and some beer, some brats, and they're they're just hanging out. And I'm like, what I mean, what what are you guys doing? Let's, like, <laughs> let's be honest, it's really just an excuse to drink beer. <laughs> That's most people in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Oh my goodness. Um, well, hey, and, and and so as I was thinking, obviously New York City. Um, so you've been involved in in media entertainment and um, mm-hmm. some of the work that you've been doing um, before, kind of becoming an author. And obviously, this is still part of your story as well, but. There's, uh, I think now there's real, uh, there's always been recognition, I think, of anxiety and depression because it's, I mean, it's gone mm-hmm. on from the beginning of time, but it's taking kind of new emphasis now and people are starting to kind of, oh, wow, this act, especially in the past year and change, mm-hmm. wow, the statistics now of, are, are I think it was 30% of people um, have, you know, have had some level, like heightened level of anxiety. Um, over yeah. the past and I you know just so in general this is really kind of you know elevating but so tell me what does it look like first kind of in media entertainment New York City um, and kind of some of the or just some of the places that you found yourself you've obviously worked with some larger names as well who you know who have had a certain lifestyle and just the, the overall kind of environment that they've been in has kind of been in, in a particular way so just kind of from that perspective what has what has rest, health, mental health looked like? Yeah, so I think, you know, for, let me just kind of go back. For the yeah. majority of my life, I knew that were, that there was just kind of something different about me, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that I had thoughts that I could not get out of my head. I mean, even just mundane thoughts, right? That I just would n- could not stop obsessing over. I knew that, you know, I was a very... Um, on edge person, right? I kind of describe the feeling as like, like almost constantly being in this state of where you're you're standing over a cliff, and so imagine you're in the Grand Canyon and you're kind of like there and you're looking down and like everyone's kind of been where you're looking down. You kind of get that, you know, your stomach is in your throat and mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you know there's like fire through your veins and you're like, what's gonna happen? I don't know. I don't know. And so that was kind of my entire life growing up. And and what's interesting is I say. I have no, I really don't know how I got through high school or college. So high school was in this really dreary, you know, cold environment. And then college was in New York City, right? The height of like, like activity, right? Right. And so, um, I mean, it's really by the grace of God, but 
Right. I, you know, those two environments, you know, looking back, I'm like, holy cow, how did I make it? You know? Um, <laughs> and I would say that like getting out of those environments and getting down to a, to a place like, you know, where I am now in, in Dallas, um, I think helped contribute to like an opening of my eyes a little bit, which <laughs> was, um, really helpful. But yeah. in general, I would say too, like I, I was in a line of work in the news business that was constant go, 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 right? The 24 seven news cycle. And you talk about like, like what did rest look like in that environment? Right. Those times it like wasn't, it was like non-existent, you know? Right. Right. And so I think in some ways, because of my personality, I gravitated towards those type of environments. And as I talk about in the book, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. us people who struggle with anxiety, it's like, it's kind of like our natural state. So sometimes when yep. we um, experience rest and relaxation or calm and peace, like that actually feels really weird to us, right? Yeah. Like, like there are times that I go to bed and I'm like, oh, it's been a good day. Like I have nothing to worry about. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have nothing to worry about. Like that causes me worry. I need to have something to worry about. You know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And so it, it's yep. interesting to see how I kind of gravitated towards these places and a line of work that um, where anxiety was like either fostered or it was encouraged or it allowed you to even thrive, right? So that was kind of like looking back at my history, that's uh, that's kind of where you kind of see that arc go um, all the way through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's really interesting. And the, the, the fast paced kind of nature. Um, so I, I it, so for anxiety, like part at least part of kind of the solution that I've found is staying busy. So like you can keep your mm-hmm. mind occupied. And right. though that is kind of like a it is like a it's helps you manage it. Obviously there's, there's something I believe that's a little bit deeper where you can kind of, when you're able to fully enter into rest and get into mm-hmm. that, then, you know, it's kind of this added level. So I, I can empathize. I was diagnosed with OCD, um, when I was younger as well. Welcome. Yeah. And so it's like, and this is, you know, it's like, it is you're speaking my language, you know, and trying mm-hmm. to make it helpful for listeners. Yeah. So similar. I mean, I was in eighth grade and it was obsessive thoughts for me. Yep. And so intrusive thoughts, irrational. And for those of you who are listening, who aren't, you know, super familiar, you know, keep it minimal, but yeah, it's, you know, these obtrusive thoughts that would come in, at least for me, I'd ruminate over them time and time again. Yes. And it's like, and then it's like, you always felt like you had to fight something to like, to win. Right. And you're always like, I have to fight something in order to win this. But then you'd like get deeper into a hole. It almost yep. felt like. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think what you bring up is, is a good point. And it's, it's something I like to clarify to in the book is that like, you know, people hear OCD and they're like, you know, I think they tend to go to like Howie Mandel. Right. Who like, you right. know, wants to wash his hands all the time and or, you know, kind of like the like it really tends to manifest itself in the compulsion aspect of it. That's right. Whereas I think there's actually a lot um, of people, I'm not going to say a lot more because I don't know the statistics, but right. there's a lot of people who really just suffer from this intrusive thought um, right. OCD like you and me. And hmm. and the other thing I like to say is that like, OCD, yeah. like if you have OCD, you have anxiety, right? It's like a subset of anxiety or I mean, right. to get real technical, it's kind of your way to deal with the anxiety, right? You have anxiety about a, a thought and so you maybe do wash your hands 
or check the doors or whatever, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. not everyone who has anxiety has OCD, but everyone who has OCD has anxiety. And so uh, I think that's an important distinction for certainly. people to understand. And that also looks differently. It's not just the, the obsessive compulsions, right? is that it also manifests itself yeah. in thoughts that you just cannot get out of your head no matter how hard you try. try. So so what, how did that look for you when you first kind of, when this really started to heighten, was there kind of a moment when you're like, wow, this is, you know, this is really <laughs> taken off? I know that for me there was, but want to hear what that looked like for you. And yeah, how that, the, I know those initial months can be pretty crazy. And how, how did your family kind of respond, people around you as well? Yeah, so it came to a head for me. Um, my wife and I were living in downtown Dallas, and we um, were getting ready to go on a walk downtown. <clears throat> so it was just like really cool coffee shop like downstairs. Yeah. And we went there, and one of the things that I, you know, my particularity is like I do not like Splenda. Like, I can't stand Splenda. I think it just, like, tastes awful. Like, like chalk and dirty sock water had, like, a love child, you know? And oh. um, and so we go there, and I'm like, hey, right. babe, like, you want to get the coffee? I'm going to run to the to the bathroom. All right. Um, make sure there's no Splenda in it. Yeah, 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 I got it, got it, got it. So we then I, – I come back from the bathroom. She hands me my coffee. I take a drink, and there's Splenda in it. And I'm like, yeah. what? In, like, what? Like, and and you will understand this. I think some people won't, but like it's not like I got like enraged, like I wanted to like punch a wall or something. But like I could not stop thinking about how the wrong sweetener is in my coffee and how annoyed I was at that, right? Yeah. And yeah. so like it ruined our entire day, yeah. right? It, yeah. in the entire day was ruined. I couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. And so my wife, it was either that night or the next morning, she's like just broken down in front of me. She's like, John, like this is not normal. Like you had the wrong sweetener in your coffee, you know, like that's not like for you for an entire day to be ruined by that is mm -hmm. not normal. Mm -hmm. And she's like, listen, mm -hmm. I'm staying like, but I need to know if like this is my reality for the rest of my life. And if it is like you need to get help. And right. so it was that moment of like seeing someone you love so much just broken down in front of you being like, yeah. this isn't right this isn't normal but in a loving way you know it, she didn't come at me you know she didn't come at me bro you know um right but but to see like her the depths of like how it was affecting her yeah so that's why i also encourage people yeah. there's an entire chapter in the book for loved ones of people who love people like yeah totally love people like us you totally, know totally um yeah. like how to how to kind of bring this up and 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 and, and talking about it so um I realized like, okay, I need to get help. And so I, I called my sister up who I knew yeah. had, she had kind of talked about having OCD as well. And then she just starts like going through this like family history, mm -hmm. like grandma, me, you, like other people. And I'm like, holy cow. Like, yeah, I guess I didn't realize that. And so I yeah. booked a, a psychiatrist appointment. Um, the first one I could get in, which was like a couple weeks away. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and finally get in, tell him everything. And it was the, one of the most freeing moments of my life when he said, oh yeah, you have GAD and OCD, GAD being generalized anxiety disorder and, and with obsessive compulsive disorder. Right. And for me, I think a lot of people are like, oh man, did that suck? Like you hear that? And I'm like, no, 
it was it was awesome yeah and so, so yeah there's a, there's yeah. a chapter in the book called call it by its name and the idea is that like if you yes. look at ancient jewish culture for example mm-hmm. when you could name something that meant you had power over it yes right? like yes. god told adam to name the animals right and it kind of like solidified the pecking order like man is above the animals you yep. get to name them right yeah yep. and so once I was able to name it, it's like, now I know what I'm fighting against. Now I know what to fight and yeah. now I can have power over it. Right. You know, I think so many times, like, especially, and, I, and I'm, I'm really excited to be on this podcast for, I mean, for a lot of reasons, but especially right. for this reason, which is, uh, I know like it just works. Guys like us tend to pretend like things aren't an issue, right? So many times men pretend like if I just ignore it, if I just like don't address it, like yeah. then it's not a problem, yep. right? And it's just, it's just, it's stupid, right? And so That's right. Um, once once we're able to name, you know, whether it's a porn addiction, whether it's an alcohol, like, you know, problem with alcohol, whether it's o- OCD and anxiety, like then we can actually address it and have power over it. And so that's, like that moment for me was really empowering. Wow, that's 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 really interesting, and I had never thought of it that way. And like, it's like lights went off, and I actually got chills just sitting here because I'm like, <laughs> it is because of the uncertainty. Because yeah, when you did like when I didn't know what it was, the hardest part was not knowing and naming it. Yes, and then once it you got name scarier. it, oh my goodness, because you're like literally, what? Who am I now? You know, it's yes. like. And it's become, and then you kind of think about your identity and you're like, is this who I am or is this what I, and for some people who, you know, struggle with pretty serious, you know, violent thoughts too, it's like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. or whatever that is, right? You're like, oh, am I, is this how my wife or my spouse or my kids are going to view me all that? And it's just like all these, this attachment um, to it. And so naming it, and I love that. And so you talk in the book about a physical and a spiritual battle. And yes. that, that really resonated with me because I think for so long, personally, this is, before I came, uh, became a Christian, I thought of it as this physical battle. And I didn't know kind of the spiritual elements and even mm-hmm. how to kind of understand that through scripture and through, um, and kind of how, how, how that's understood, right, mm-hmm. in the Bible as well. And so talk a little bit about the physical and the spiritual. I know you have a chapter of each, so maybe just a little yeah. sneak peek here. So glad you asked that. And because I think the, I mean, uh, I guess at, at any point I could say, well, this is the most important chapter of the book, but those two chapters are huge. And so I put them back to back. So it's interesting to get your perspective that before come like, like before coming to Christ, you viewed it more just as a, a, a physical thing, because in my experience growing up in the church, growing up as a Christian, okay, my, my family the denomination I grew up in viewed it as the opposite, as just a spiritual battle, right? right. And so that's why I think it's so ah. interesting, like people from different backgrounds. And what I say is this, it is, it is, it is both. It is both a spiritual battle and, is, and it is a physical battle as well. So what I say is this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I cannot fight the spiritual which for me, the spiritual is the spiritual. Like the, there's lies that my disorder tells me. It tells me that I can control everything. You know, I'm more powerful than God. That God doesn't ultimately have everything in control. Right. 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 That He is not working things for my good. Right. Which He tells us in Scripture that He is. Like Romans eight twenty eight is taking on a whole new meaning for me yeah. with my oh, disorder. Yeah. And, but I cannot address all those issues. 
until I address the physical. So for me, what I tell people is like, if I'm at about an eight on the, let, let's say there's a 10 point anxiety scale and like right. normally I'm an eight, you know, it peaks at a 12, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. If normally I'm an oh, yeah. eight, right. I, I take medication and that brings me down to about a four, right. And at a four, I can then think more rationally. The, the thoughts still come, right. But I'm able to identify them. I'm able to then know what I need to do. Yeah. And then I'm also able to address the physical or right. excuse me, the, the, the spiritual issues that I, that, that deep rooted heart work that I need to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that is that like they're in chorus, which with each other, right? We are not just, we are not just bodies and we are not just spirits, right? We, we like the Lord gave us both. Right. And so for me, my anxiety has to be addressed in both manner so i go through practical tips on the physical side and then on the spiritual side i would say this the foundational truth of the spiritual battle as well as the entire book is this god is working these issues your issues anxiety ocd porn you know whatever you're struggling with relationship issues he is working those things for your good and his glory it doesn't mean he's causing them, right? He's not like doling out a little anxiety here, a little OCD there, and like, right, right. oh, let me see how they react to that. No, hmm. he has allowed certain things to happen in a fallen world, mm-hmm. and he has promised to redeem them for our good and his glory. Like, that's what Romans 8.28 is all about, right? And it's what Paul talks about when Paul says, I was given this thorn in my flesh, flesh. and no matter how many times I've asked God to take it away, he hasn't. And mm-hmm. uh, by the way, it's keeping me humble. You know, and so God has promised that our our issues, our struggles are going to be used for good. And hmm. so as long as I have this, listen, I, I pray that it gets taken away. It has not. Yeah. As long as I have it, I need to trust that the Lord is using it to, to refine me, to redefine me, to make me a better image of Jesus. And so, so far, I will say this. I, yeah. I can say this. I am a better person. I am a, I'm a better Christian because of my disorder, right? The Lord has been faithful to use it to bring me closer to him and to be more like him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That That's amazing. And I think like it's like this weakness becoming strength almost. Of mm-hmm. like, and, and so I, there's this just made me think about a lot of things. And one of the things too is like when, when you talk about the 12, like you have to get to a manageable level in order to kind of understand what you're dealing with, right? Yeah, right. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Mm-hmm. And so that sound mind level is like, then you can actually approach it, approach it and like have like a clear conscience almost. And so you're not almost in this like state of, because you know, like when you're in a, I mean, if you've ever had a panic attack, like you're, you are not in a sound mind, you know, everything no. is, everything is spiraling, you know? Um, but I think, I think it's really, really interesting too, of like the, the thorn in the the flesh that you mentioned. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think, and I think this is, this goes way beyond obviously of just OCD and anxiety, Yes. but if, and this is the beautiful thing of like, yeah, any, any type of pain or struggle that, that you're dealing with, like Christ has won the victory, like Christ has overcome this. And so it's like, it's going to be a battle, but knowing like the outcome of his plan Mm -hmm. and his control, I think like the control element, like when you understand that God has a plan and and is in control, it like, it like loosens the, like lightens the burden for you. Mm -hmm. Or I don't even know how to phrase it. Does that make sense? Or I'm curious to think about how you have just like 
tried to let go or if if that is even part of kind of how you you think through it yeah i think i i think about it this way is is yes i know that like ultimately um like christ has overcome those things right but i'm always careful to make sure that i don't make it seem like like as it stands i have not over i have not overcome right. this like christ has overcome this yes ultimately right but at this point in my life like i'm i have it Right? right. That's not the what he has, um, you know, his plan has not been that for me right now. Right. And so what I what I really try to focus on is the fact that, like, hmm. if I trust him, right, that he is good, which, you know, if you're a Christian, you, you, you that's a basic tenet of the faith. Right. God oh, cannot yeah. be bad. <laughs> right. Um, right. Is that like a good God is allowing me to go through this for something even bigger and deeper than what I yeah. understand. And so that's why I, I, you know, I tell people like the book is, is definitely about anxiety and OCD and mental health, but, but the truth, the truths and the principles can be applied to so many different things, deaths in the family, right. Right. Which I talk about in the book, you know, um, and other struggles that you, you are going through, like God is going to be faithful to use them. And it's what we see time and time again in the Bible. And I think sometimes Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. like in the type of Christianity that's really prevalent is like we forget that Jesus told us in this world you will have trouble, right? So even to your point, like even though he's defeated the devil, even though he's defeated all these things, he's still like one of his final charges is, by the way, you're going to have trouble in this world. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, right. Like so what does – like if that's true – and we know that God is good, like then we have to interpret our circumstances by what we know to be true of God instead of interpreting God by our circumstances. And that was a foundational oh, realization for me yeah. that that I talk about in the book. Is like right. we too often use our circumstances to tell us who who we who we think God Thank is, God is right. where it needs to be the other way around. We, we create like God in our own Im- or in our own image or in our own idol or I, I'm trying to think of like we kind of like hand make who we think God is through our yeah. circumstances right yeah yeah, yeah. it's really interesting and, and, and so kind of yeah we've talked a little bit about this too but guiding what scriptures what what where in the Bible have you has kind of given you a level of rest or peace or just like greater understanding for those who are struggling and uh, whether it's you know anxiety, whether it's OCD, whether it's something that is a thorn, thorn in you know, and you fill in your name's flesh, you know. Ha, right. So that right. scripture for sure, right? When you look at like Paul, you know, like like Paul, he's Paul, right? Like the dude wrote like a lot of the Bible, you know, oh, yeah. a lot of the New Testament. New Testament, right? yep. And here he is saying, you know, uh, you know, take out thorn, right? And he's like, the Lord, you know. I was given um, uh, this battle, this struggle, whatever it is, anxiety, OCD, you know, whatever, and he hasn't taken it away, and yet I will say that he is good, and it's to keep me humble. Like, yeah, yeah. wow, that, that that should tell us something. So that's that's the first one. Okay. But the second one, and and I I, I wrote a whole chapter, and and the the chapter title is the most important book of the Bible. <laughs> so it's chapter two, and. <laughs> For me, Uh-oh. the book of Job, the <laughs> oh, book yeah. of Job, and I, and I think there are some people who are like, oh God, another thing on the book of Job, right? You know, right. but I, but what I feel like is I, I look at it from the eyes of someone who is really actively struggling, right? And that has um, changed my perspective. You know, I think 
there's there's something in the book of Job like at the end where hmm. a lot of people have used Job to say like, oh, get through your stuff and then the Lord is going to give you like even more, you know? And um, and that's not the message, I think, of the book of Job, right? Like Job loses everything, and yes, he does get like twice as much, right? But that's not the point. And so I even like look at – if you look at the Bible and if you look at how that story is told in the Bible, like Job getting twice as much is like a footnote. I mean it's like it's – like, it might as well just be like a parenthetical phrase. Oh, and by the way, he got twice as much, right? And yet that's what so many people focus on where the real focus of the book of Job is the fact that Job asking God questions like why is this happening and God Mm -hmm. A responding because I'm God, you know, because because I am like some of the most beautiful language I think in the Bible is Mm -hmm. in Job chapter 42 where he's Hmm. he answers Job. He's like, all right, you want an answer? Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I told the the land and the sea where they should go? Sure. And just like all, and you're like, whoa, God's totally like mic dropping here. <laughs> right, know? right, right, right. And 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 really, the answer we get in the book of Job is a God is God, right? And 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 the second thing we see is like actually the people who God judged the hardest in Job were the ones who said, oh, you did something to deserve this. You know, this was a, this was a, this was caused by something you did. Nope, not, right. not true. Right. So that, like, wow, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. And then the third thing we see is Job at the end of the book of Job, the greatest, the greatest thing for Job is not that he got twice as much. It's that he got God. Like he got a yeah. better and closer relationship with God. Yes. Right. Yes. And so when I look at my struggles, I, I, I got to look at like, listen, God's allowing this for a reason that's right. bigger than me. Two, like it's not anything that I caused, right? I didn't, yeah. I didn't, you know, because I sinned last weekend or looked at porn or drank too much or fill in the blank, whatever. That you know, I don't. That's not why I have this. Right. And three, like this is bringing me closer to God. This struggle is going to bring me closer to God. And the best thing yeah. that it can ever be for me is if I get more and closer to God. I, that's amazing, and I think that's the presence. It's being in in deeper intimacy with with the Lord and. I think that has, that is worth so, that is a treasure that's worth so much more than any material or worldly riches that we can attain, mm-hmm. right? Or any, Absolutely. however we view that. And so I, I think similar, I think for, and I, I know a lot of listeners who have gone through a level of, you know, any just level of pain or, and suffering in your life um, that you did uh, from a lot of us trusting God or, or, and were able to get into a deeper level of intimacy and relationship yeah. and that's like coming out i'd be reflecting like wow actually you know it's i i i know more about who god is right and absolutely um, i think that's that's really beautiful and really key well awesome and so um the book is will be will be out uh we're recording at the end of september just in a few days um yeah and so this will be posted probably in october uh, a little bit later so listeners will have the opportunity already to get a copy but that's right um i'm and, excited and yeah. actually it's kind of crazy like people who have ordered it on amazon i mean we're, we're a few days from launch here they're already getting it which is really cool so um so it's it's coming yeah. in hot coming in spicy hot yes <laughs> yes yes well you're in texas so it's a little spicier down there that's right that's right <laughs> yeah that's right that's right yeah now we, we we have transitioned from wisconsin talk now to texas talk so what what uh, yeah no I, I i have a other guests that are that come from te- that come from texas as well and so 
um but i haven't been myself so hoping to hoping to make it oh, down we gotta change that we gotta change oh yeah that. listen i've fallen in love with barbecue i have a smoker now and i'm just like you know there's like i mean listen yeah i'll grill brats for days right that's okay, right great but yeah you know what when you grill, grill a tri-tip smoke a tri-tip smoke a brisket oh pork belly burnt in sits like, well give me all of it give me all of it that's great sweet sweet I'll, to make, the... I'll make them for you when you come down sweet sweet to taste that's good yeah that's right. That's good. Um, well, hey, I mean, we could we could talk for so much longer, but um, just want to, uh, yeah, just to, to kind of wrap up here, just where folks, maybe a last word of encouragement, hope, or inspiration um, for listeners, um, and, and then just where we can find you and um, yeah, and the book as well, right? Two things I'll say. Like I said, the foundation of the book is this idea that, that our struggles are being used for our good and God's glory. And so I unpack those in the book. So right. even if like, especially that last one, you're like, my anxiety is for God's glory. glory. Yes. And I explained it in the book. So, so, so don't, don't fret if that doesn't make sense to you. That's right. Um, and the second thing I would say is like, listen, this is an ongoing battle, right? Like yeah. we're talking about panic attack. Like two weeks ago, I had a panic attack out of nowhere on a Friday that put me down for like two days, you know, just cause I've written the book on it does not mean I've overcome it. And so I talked about how, um, I really try to uh, be careful with how I talk about this so I don't seem like I'm like like high and mighty up here and like you're down here still struggling. Like, no, like we're, we're equal. Like I, I do still struggle, but there are truths that I have learned. And so just because you still struggle does not mean you have a lack of faith, that God hates you, that there's something, you know, just abhorrently wrong with you. Oh, all these, I see all these people just like not having anxiety anymore. And I just say like, listen, we are in this together. It's an ongoing right. battle. I tell my story so that I can tell your story. And so um, be yep. encouraged by that. And, and mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. need to unpack what that encouragement means, pick up the book. You can go to findrestnow.com. Mm. Um, and that shows you all the ways you can get the book. I mean, you can get on Amazon or, or Target.com or Walmart.com, like wherever you want to get it. But um, sure. if you want to know, if you want to pick up bulk orders, you know, I've had people ask me that. You can go to findrestnow.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, well such a joy and just a, an honor to have you and to, to, to share something so personal to yourself and obviously to myself and hopefully listeners have uh, have learned something as well. And again, I think that's the beautiful message. And from what I'm hearing, the way that the, the book is designed is that it is, it's, it's not just for, for this person, but is for everyone who yeah. is struggling to find rest. Um, yes. And, and, and so, thank you for th- thank you for talking about this. You know, I think we are starting to turn a corner that that it is being talked about more. And then I think especially men, like yeah. we need to be open and honest about this and be vulnerable. And that is okay. It's a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. All right, John. Thank you so much, and God bless. Take care. Thanks, Tyler. Appreciate it.